good to, to see the sunshine out there, and certainly an encouragement to, to see each and every one of you here uh, tonight. And it is my hope that with our, our brief time that we have together this evening, that uh, we will all benefit in some way from, from our time together studying. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Has the reign of father? Is the wild ox willing to serve you? Three questions that to you and I don't seem to make a lot of sense on their own. Questions that we're probably not uh, bringing about or coming up with or, or using as a conversation starter. Uh, in, in, in our common language. I dare say that we, we probably, if somebody asks those questions at the beginning or in the middle of a conversation, that's probably not going to be a long conversation if you are asked about when the mountain goats give birth. So why would, why would we look at those questions and what, for what reason would those questions have any benefit for us looking at this evening? Those questions are are three of many that are asked by, by God to Job in the middle of Job chapters 38 through 40, which is where we will primarily be this evening. So if you'd like to, to read along and, and follow along, I'd encourage you to, to open up to Job 38, because that is primarily where we will be. We'll have a, a few of the verses on the screen, but, but most of the reading that we will doing uh, is, is not going to be up on the screen, so I'd encourage you to, to follow along. But but questions like that, of asking about the mountain goat, asking about the rain, asking about the, the wild ox or, or the birds, things in nature that, that God is, is using. I think there are, are lessons that God is using in this dialogue he has here, this, this retelling, this recount in the story of Job through, through these three chapters, that how he uses nature and how he is... is using these questions to, to draw forth lessons, to, to ask some of these things that may seem obscure or, or different to you and I, but, but how they can have a purpose and how that purpose is to, to help nurture Job and how we also can, can learn and grow and be nurtured by looking and, and reading these very same things that, that God tells of, of Job here in, in Job chapter 38. Read with me, if you would, starting in verse 22 of Job 38. We don't have time to go through the first 37 chapters of the book of Job, but Job and his friends are doing a lot of uh, complaining, a lot of hypothesizing, a lot of theorizing why it is the way that things are, are currently going on in, in their life. And certainly we have a lot going on in, in our church family. There's a lot of, of different things that have been on our minds, a lot of different things that have come across our plate that perhaps we weren't anticipating, weren't expecting over the last few weeks, the last few months. And so I feel that, that going back here to the story of Job, and specifically where the, the Lord is speaking to Job, and looking at those chapters, that that might be of some benefit for us tonight. By looking at nature and what God is saying about nature and how that can help nurture and help Job and us grow. Read with me, if you would, in Job 38, starting in verse 22. Job 38, 22. It says, Have you entered the storehouses of the snow, or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war? What is the place to where light is distributed, or where the east wind is scattered upon the earth? Who's cleft a channel for the torrents of rain, 
and a way for the thunderbolt, to bring rain on a land where no man is, on the desert in which there is no man, to satisfy the waste and desolate land, and to make the ground sprout with grass. Has the rain a father, or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb did the ice come forth? And who has given birth to the frost of heaven? The waters become hard like stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the change of the Pleiades, or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Maseroth in their season, or can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that, that they may go and say to you, here we are? Who's put wisdom in the inward parts or, or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clods stick fast together? Can you hunt prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens or, or lie in wait in their thicket? Who provides for the raven its prey when the, its young ones cry out to God for help and wander about the lack of food? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the does? Can you number the months that they fulfill, and do you know the time when they give birth? When they crouch, bring forth their offspring, and are delivered their, of their young, their young ones become strong, and they grow up in the open, and they go out and do not return to him. Who has let the wild donkey go free? Who has loosed the bonds of the swift donkey to, to whom I have given the arid plain for his home and the salt land for his dwelling place? He scorns the tumult of the city. He hears not the shouts of the driver. He ranges the mountains as his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. Jump with me, if you would, to verse 26 of that same chapter. He continues, Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads its wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the rock he dwells and makes his home on the rocky crag and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey, his eyes behold it from far away. His young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is he. And the Lord said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. And we'll pause there and, and revisit those, those next few verses here in a little bit. Three chapters full of nature, full of things God has created, full of lessons. Again, that might seem like a very weird response to somebody who is being questioned, to who is being wondered about, who is being hypothesized about for 37 some odd chapters, and then responds by pointing out a mountain goat, or pointing out the birds, or pointing out the rain, or the snow, or the ice. Why nature? Why, what lessons is God trying to, to show Job in this? What lessons can we pull out of this to help us? And I've got six of them for you this evening. Six simple lessons that look at nature, that look at these very same verses that we read, these very same things that are, are told to Job that are to help Job be nurtured, to help Job grow. And again, these six things could not be more simple, but have so much impact and, and, and meaning and power behind them. The first of those is sort of very obvious. In this retelling, in this what conversation with Job, 
God is telling Job, Job, you don't know everything. And the lesson for me is that I don't know everything. I don't know all that is taking place, whether it is that wild donkey who is grazing outside of the city where he cannot hear the city, I cannot hear him, whether it is why the bird flies south, whether it is all of the different things that are going on in the world at any given moment. There is so much that, that Job does not know that, that you and I do not know. I don't know everything that is going on in the world. I don't have every answer. I don't have every explanation. I don't have every reason why an event is occurring. I don't have every uh, answer as to, to how or what I can do about it. And that's sort of a, a sobering thing, a sobering thing for us to, to start with, to realize that there is a lot out there that, that I don't know about, that I am uncertain of. Because in our times, with, with how we live today, there's uh, information is everything, right? Knowledge is power, is one of those familiar phrases that we've no doubt come to, to learn about. We have a 24-7 news cycle. We've got computers in our pockets that if we don't know something within a split second, we can type it in and find the answer for, for most of the things we are looking for, right? We love information. We love to, to, to have as many data points as possible if we're trying to, to make a decision. Or perhaps around this time of year, if, if you're like me, you're watching a lot in, of college basketball. And in five or six some odd weeks, there will be a bracket that comes out, and teams will be seeded one through 16 in, in each of their regions. And to those perhaps who are just at work and, and don't pay a lot of attention, but they like to, to fill out a bracket because everybody does, they will look and they will see the number three or the number two next to a team, and they'll think, oh, well, that team is, is probably pretty good. They've got a, a lower number. Or I've never heard of this team. What's a, what's a Wofford? I don't know what a Wofford is. I've, I've never heard of them. Whereas you can, if you're like me, my guess is probably not a, a lot of you are spending your time doing this, but I find myself on, on websites like this uh, in the month of February and March, looking at numbers and data that, honestly, I have no idea how or what some of these numbers mean or what they show. But I think that it's giving me some insight of information that, oh, this team is really good at shooting three-pointers, and the team that they're supposed to play, they're a really good defensive team. Well, maybe this is a matchup that I should, should pay attention to, right? It's a, a silly illustration, but it's something that that just goes to, to underscore that idea that we love to have access to information, right? It is, it is really difficult on us when we don't know everything and when we are, are left out of the loop or we get surprised by, by something that is happening. So God is, is using nature to show this to Job by, by showing Job, look, there is a whole lot going on out there. There's a whole lot that is, is ongoing at this very moment and you don't know everything, right? You, you, you are, are unaware. You are, don't have all of the, the answers from your perspective that I do. And that second lesson that, that, that Job is, is being taught by, by looking at nature to help him grow is no, no, you don't know everything, and also, no, you are not the creator. Job, you are not the creator. Another way to put that is, Job, you are not in control in this story. You're not the one who is in control of things right now at this moment, but you also don't know what has been. 
and what has been going on for, for quite some time. Look back with you would if the, at the beginning of chapter 38. We're going to read Job 38, verses 4 through 12. Job 38, 4 through 12. Here God does a bit of revisiting, reteaching, uh, reinforming, reaffirming, reanalyzing, rephrasing, however you want to, however you want to put it, of the creation account. He gives Job a, a recap of the, the creation account, just to, to underscore this idea that Job, you are not in control. You have not been, you're not aware maybe of everything going on at this moment, but you also haven't been aware of all that is going on and has been going on for quite some time. Read with me if you would in Job 38 verses 4 through 12. Job 38, 4 through 12. It says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with its doors when it burst out of the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for its set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no further and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began? And caused the dawn to know its place? And then verse 18 says, Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Right? A bit of a gut check in some ways for Job there. Right? Surely, surely you are aware of all that's, that's been going on from the time of creation. Surely you are informed of this. Right? You seem to think you've got a pretty good idea of what is occurring or why or how something should be occurring or, or what I am, I'm not being able to do. Not only, not only do you not know everything, but also you haven't been there from the beginning. You don't know all that I am doing or, or all that, that has been. And you can, can understand how Job might sort of go through those check boxes and say, do I, do I know where or, or what the, the foundation of the, the earth is laid in? Uh, nope, not, not that. Uh, do, I, do I know the, the, the recesses of the deep? Nope, haven't, haven't, haven't walked in those. Do I, have I commanded the morning since my days began? No, not, not really a morning person myself. I can't, can't check that one off. I don't, I don't know when, when the mountain goat gives birth. I don't know if, if rain has a father. I've not seen the, the storehouses of, of rain or uh, of snow. I, I, don't, I don't meet any of that. And I don't compete with that. I, I cannot contend with the Almighty and what He is able to do, what He knows, what, what He is in control of. And in a, a similar way for us, when we realize that, that we are not in control of a situation, when perhaps somebody else is making a decision, when something, the right decision to us seems so clear and so obvious that you just got to turn like literally right here and it's, this is the correct answer. And they decide to turn left and continue driving on a, a different path and you just keep saying, oh, you know what, you can just, you can just let me out right here. I, I know the, the way we're supposed to be going. That, that was, that was you, we missed a turn, and we, we keep going this way for no reason. I, I think that, that looks like the direction I'm supposed to be going. 
right? When we are, are not in control, when we realize that, that we are not the, the creator, we're not the one in power, we're not the one holding the power of, of certain situations within our lives, that, that is a very difficult realization for us to, to occur, much, much like it was with Job. And part of the reason that God is, again, using nature to nurture, to help Job grow to by, by showing him these, these things that are in front of him. So no, Job, you don't, you don't know everything. No, Job, you are not the creator. You are not in control. And as we said, you cannot contend with the Almighty. You cannot meet or match or go head-to-head with what God is able to do. And Job comes to that realization with where we left off in verse 3 of Job chapter 40. That third lesson is one that that Job understands pretty clearly. That no, I don't know everything. No, I am not the creator. No, I'm not in control. And I am indeed quite small. Job 40, verse 3, if you'd read with me. And Job 40, verse 3. says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and and will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. Right? Job understands that, that those first 37 chapters... Maybe he didn't have the, the best perspective. Maybe he wasn't getting the best insight from those who were around him. No, Job doesn't know everything. No, Job is not the creator. No, Job is not the one in control. And he has that hand-over-the-mouth moment where he realizes just how small he really is in this story's context. And we also have some of those hand-over-the-mouth the moments when we realize how, how small we seem or, or how small we feel within a, 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 a certain aspect or, or area of our lives. Perhaps it's in the workplace, and you understand what it's like to, to feel small and to, to be overlooked and feel like the work that, that you are doing, you feel like you're giving a, a good and honest effort, but you are being passed over for a promotion or for a a new job opportunity, and they're going a a different direction than perhaps you would have wanted them to go. And you don't feel very valued in that that workplace setting, right? We understand that uh, on a sports team or being part of some sort of athletic team, Right? Nobody, nobody dreams as a, as a little kid of, of being the, the sixth man or, or a bench player. Right? Everybody wants to be the, the star. Everybody wants to be the, the point guard, the quarterback, the whatever it is. They want to be the one making things happen on the field. Right? So it's, it's easy when you do get sent and put in those, those bench playing positions, just waiting for your opportunity, that it's easy to feel overlooked, over. Uh, under misunderstood to, to feel discounted in some ways. We understand what it's like to feel small in friendships or relationships that, that have lessened or, or weakened over time, where we don't feel as appreciated or valued or as important as perhaps we once did in that friendship and that relationship. And 
we've seen it break away in, in some aspect. Right? We, we even understand what it's like sometimes to, to feel really small sitting in the pew that, that you're, you're in. Perhaps what you are facing and what you are, are going through seems really small compared to what some other people are, are facing. The people who may even be sitting in a, a pew directly around you. We can feel really small at times, that, that, that I'm not as important. We can feel that, that I, things, I'm not being as appreciated. I'm, I'm not being as valued as perhaps, perhaps I feel that, that I'm worth. And we have those, those hand-over-the-mouth moments like Job does when, when God is showing him these things in nature, right? Things that, that Job is seeing on a, an everyday basis. And we understand that, no, there are times in life where I don't know everything, right? I, I, I'm not the creator. I'm not the one who's, who's in control of, of this story. And yeah, that, that makes me feel really, really, really small, and those lessons, each of those three, are, are really hard to hear. They're even harder to, to accept or, or realize that that's currently how you feel. Nobody likes to feel small. Nobody likes to feel not valued. People like to be informed. They like to be in the loop. They like to be in the know. They like to, to have some sort of control on the situation. They, they don't like to, to always be, be a passenger. But it is from these three difficult lessons, these three hard lessons that, that God is teaching Job through nature, that three more lessons come about. Three lessons that I would say are, are that nurturing part uh, of this story. From these hardships, from these hard times, is where the growth God wants to, to show Job by looking at nature. And it is also in these three areas that, that we can perhaps find growth, that we can perhaps find some level of, of, of nourishment as well. So no, number one, I don't know everything, but I can see an awful lot. No, I, I don't know everything that is going on, but I can see a lot that is going on. You know, I think one of the, the interesting things about Job 38 through 40 is that, yes, God is using nature and different things he has created to, to talk to Job, to, to show Job what uh, is going to help him, teach him, to help him with this lesson. But all of these things that, that Job is listing, they are, or God is listing to Job, they are tangible things, right? Things that Job sees or, or lives with or, or comes into interaction with on a, a daily basis. These are not things that are theories or, or ideas or concepts or, or, or things that are hard for him to grasp, right? He sees rain. He sees the morning. He sees the animals that are amongst him. And when he opens his eyes, and I think that's part of the encouragement here, no, you, you don't know everything, but when you, when you pause, when you stop and, and smell the roses, for lack of a, a better phrase, you can see an awful lot. I mean, just look at all the, the different 
things that, that we can read about in Job 39, 40. You can read about snow and, and hail. You read of battle and war. You read about light and wind. You read about thunder and lightning. You read about a, a desolate land. You read about land that is sprouting with, with grass. You read about drops of dew. You read about frost. We can, can read about the, the stars in the sky. You can read about the rule that is on earth. You read about about water. You can read about lions that are, are hunting. You can read about the prey that they are hunting, the, the people who are, are lying in wait in their thicket, those who are out and about. You can read about the ravens, the, the young ones who are crying, who are, are waiting to, to be fed. You can read of the mountain goat. You can, can read of the wild donkey. You can read of the ox. You can read of uh, the, the shouts of the city. You can read of the mountains and ranges where it is quiet. You can, can read of the horse. You can read of the locust. You can read of the hawk. You can read of the eagle. You can read of the nests and the rocks and the dwelling places. All of these things that, that God has created in nature, that he is encouraging Job to open your eyes. Look. See everything that there is around you. Look at all that there is. And so no, no, you don't know everything. No, I don't know everything that is, is going on. But when I pause, when I open my eyes, I can see an awful lot. And when I look through the, the New Testament, when I look to the, the life of Jesus, the example that, that Jesus has and, and how we ought to, to follow and we ought to, to live in that example, I can see Jesus' true nature. Much like Job is being shown actual Nature, I can look to Jesus and in his life and see who he is and, and what he does and how he loves and, and lives. And so when we get out of our own bubble sometimes and we realize that, no, I don't know everything, no, I'm not the one who's in control, and, and I take myself down a, a few notches to not be as big as, as I ought to be or I, I feel that I am, and we look at all that, that God is doing, all that, that God has done, all that he has his hands in, that can help us. That can help give us some perspective. So, so no, I, I don't know everything, but I can see an awful lot. When, when Job is being shown nature, no, he is being told he is not the creator, he's not the one in control, but he can see that he has a role to play in this. When he opens his eyes, he can see that, that he has a role and what is expected. That when he is asked, can a fault finder contend with the Almighty, Job realizes he can't, again, compete with that. He doesn't match up. He doesn't know. He doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the ability. So if he's not the creator, he soon learns he needs to, to be a follower. He needs to, to listen, to, to acknowledge his proper role in this relationship. I know the, the building blocks classes, uh, I think it was a month or two ago, in, in the, the high school and adult classes, we were looking at uh, vitamins for growth was the, the month-long thing. And our high school class spent a lot of time talking about relationships and, and what is required of these relationships and how strong relationships have communication. And there is a requirement for communication, right? You have to know what to expect. You have to know what is required of you to bring into this relationship. So if I'm going to grow cr closer to God, if I want to, to grow to be more like him, to, to, to look to him as my example, 
then I need to, to understand what I have to bring to the table, right? I under, need to, to understand, A, what I don't have to be. I don't have to, to have all the answers. I don't have to, 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 to know everything. I don't have to create and provide and, and be power, all-powerful. But I have to know who can, and I have to know where to go when I need that help. And so, no, I'm, I'm not the creator. No, I'm not in control all the time. But I can see my role, right? And that, that makes us, you think back to, like, much like Job was sort of taken and revisited that, that creation account, if we go back and look at the, the early books of, of Genesis, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and you go through that creation account and you get to, to Genesis 2, uh, where Adam and Eve have been given a pretty clear-cut role for what is expected of them in the garden. And they are expected to, to work, to keep, and to eat. That is their... That is what their objective is. That's their mission. God has done all of this creation. There is so much that they can see. There is so much, much like Job and the nature that is around him. There is so much that has been created, and they are living and dwelling and looking amongst work, keep, and eat. That is what was expected of them. Yet you get to Genesis 3, and they decide, well, maybe I'm going to put on this creator hat for a minute. Let me dip my toe into being the, the one in control. I know work, keep, eat, and don't, don't do this, but he doesn't, perhaps God doesn't have the, the exact perspective. Maybe he doesn't understand this opportunity or, or this moment or, or how we're feeling in this moment. And when we do that, when we don't see our role, when we don't see how we fit in, when we don't see how we meet or, or what is expected of us in, in this relationship, in this dynamic of, of us following God, that's when we, we get ourselves into uh, a bit of trouble. So when we look to, to the New Testament examples, when we read the stories of, of Jesus and the apostles and how they are, are growing and spreading the news of how we as Christians, how people who, who are believers, who people who, who truly are committed to the cause of Christ, who are fully and wholeheartedly all in, when we look to Jesus, when we look to his true nature, when we look to see who he is and what he does, and how he loves, we can see his example. And we can see what is expected and the role that is asked and, and required of us to, to be a good follower. Much like Job was shown, again, his examples uh, of nature in Job 38 through 40. So no, I don't know everything, but I can see a lot. No, I'm not the creator, I'm not in control, but I can see my role. Thirdly, or lastly, yes, Yes, I am small, but I can see that small has, has great, great value. I can see that small has, has some really important value. Maybe my favorite uh, group of verses from, from Job 38 through 40 come from Job 39, verses 27 through 29, if you'd like to, to revisit that with me for a brief moment. Job 39, 27 through 29 that really sort of layers onto this idea of, yes, you are small. Yes, there are things you don't know about. Yes, there are things that I have created that, that, that have been there and that have a role and a place in this life. But there's a, a layering of this value that small has there in verses 27 through 29 of Job 39. 
Verse 27 says, Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high? On the rock he dwells and makes his home. On the rocky crag and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey. His eyes behold it from far away. And perhaps to you, you are just seeing verses about a bird who is sitting in a nest and flying. But when you think of, of what we know, of what we understand of it's almost springtime. We, we know how birds like to build nests and how nests themselves are constructed and how these little itty-bitty twigs or little itty-bitty strings or little small things that birds can find to, to create their nest, right? The, those small little twigs that that nest that is constructed there in those verses play such an important piece to, to the dynamic of all that is, is happening there. In those, in those verses there. Because yes, the, 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 the nest is, is sat on high and from there the eagle is, is able to, to do these things. But that nest provides itself a, a home, a, a dwelling place is what the verses tell us. It is a, a foundation. It is from there where the bird is able to have the ability to look out and discover and look for food. And that also impacts the prey that is being... Uh, hunted, for, for lack of a better term, right? The, the nest, the pieces, the, the strands of this nest that are being spoken there in, in those three verses are really, really small. You probably just read right over the verse. But they have such great value to, to all that is, is going on, to all that is happening in, in this specific window of God's creation, of this part of, of nature, and so if we can, can see that, if we can look at that and see how small a part, but important a part that a nest has for a bird, then what do we think when, when it gets to us? Do we not have more value than that? And I know you guys know sort of, at least some of you do, I really like hymns, and I think hymns do a good job of connecting ideas or, or illustrating ideas for us a little clearer. And I don't know, I, I did a brief look online to see if I could find anything, and I don't know exactly what the, the true reasoning or the, the true uh, inspiration behind one of the, the hymns we sing was, but as you, you listen to the, the, the lyrics of it, the words that are, are written that, that we sing from time to time, I can't help but think that there is not a maybe better usage of, of Scripture than what we have read from Job 38 through 40 with these, these hymns. And it reads, Can you count the stars of evening that are shining in the sky? Can you count the clouds that daily over all the world go by? God the Lord, who doth not slumber, keepeth all the boundless number. But he careth more for thee. But he careth more for thee. Can you count the birds that warble those warbling birds we read about in Job 39, 41, who provides the raven its prey when the young ones cry out to God for help and wander about their lack of food. Can you count the birds that warble in the sunshine all the day? Can you count the little fishes that in sparkling waters play? God the Lord their number knoweth, for each one his care he showeth. Shall he not remember thee? Shall he not remember thee? God the Lord who dwells in heaven, loving care, to each has given. He has not forgotten thee. And for us, for, for Job, for, for us, for our 
lives, for those around us, of who we can share this message with. That, no, I don't know everything, I can, but I can see a lot. No, I'm not the creator, I'm not the one in control, but I can understand my role when I look to, to Jesus and, and his true nature and his example of, of who I ought to be. That, yes, yes, I am small. I play a, a really small part in this story. But small has such, such great value. And if God has all this care and purpose and importance for speaking to Job and showing him the mountain goat or the rain or the birds, that does he not have that same level of, of interest and care and love for, for each and every one of us? And I think that is, is where we get this idea of, of, of by nature, he nurtures, right? Look to the, the nature around you. Look at the things that, that we come into interaction with on a, on a day-to-day basis. It is almost springtime. Things will be, be coming alive once again. And we can see these lessons, the same lessons that Job was shown by looking at nature, what he wants us to, to learn from it. But then also for us as, as New Testament Christians, for us to look to Jesus and the life of Jesus and what we can read on the other side of the Bible from the book of Job, about God and about Jesus and how we ought to live, by looking at his, his nature, by looking at, at who he is, that he can help us grow, that he can help us and, and give us some extra, uh, some extra help as we go throughout the rest of our week, as we go throughout the rest of the month, regardless of, of what situations may come in front of us, regardless of what things uh, might come across our plate. I appreciate you listening. If we can, can help you in any way, if we can help you with any prayers, if there's something that, that you're struggling with, if there's something that, that, that you're going through, your family's going through, that a friend is, is going through, that, that anything that, that we can help you with, we would, would ask and invite you to, to let it be known so that we can, can join in and, and pray along with you. But then also, if you're, you're ready to be baptized for, for the remission of your sins and, and you are ready to, to make your relationship right, you know what role you have to play, and perhaps you haven't been, been properly playing that role uh, under, under God's creation, we would invite you to, to join us on the, the front pews as, as we stand and, and as we sing.